quick question for you. What is fiat currency and why does it suck so much? Welcome to Cryptonomics, Principles of Cryptocurrency and Investing. I want to tell you once again about Dash in Venezuela, what it's doing to combat the hyperinflation there and some historical context about hyperinflation and why you shouldn't trust the government to handle the money supply. Once again, thank you all those people out there sharing these videos, re-steaming them, liking, commenting. I really appreciate it. Feels like we're already building a community of people who want to ask the deeper questions about finance and about money. Now, let's talk about that historical context. By now, you probably heard the term fiat currency. Now, people were trying to tell you that fiat currency means that it's not backed by anything. But the literal definition is that it's currency by decree. So when a government makes a declaration and says that you must accept this form of payment for your debts, that's called legal tender. In a very real sense, fiat currency is violent money. It is blood money because the government says you must pay us pay your taxes in this form of money or we will put you in a cage and that's part of what gives it its value before 1971 a lot of the national currencies in the world were actually backed in some form by gold or silver i have directed secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets except in amounts and conditions determined to be in the interest of monetary stability and in the best interest of the United States. At certain points in history, you could even walk into a national bank, hand them your banknotes and say, please pay me gold and silver, and you would receive it. Not anymore though. The US dollar, the euro, the British pound, Scottish pound, <laughs> even the Venezuelan Bolivar, they're all fiat currencies. They're all backed by government force. When it comes to cryptocurrencies, Stateless cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Dash, that's a different thing. People don't use them because they're forced into using them. They're doing it because they're useful. They're not doing it because they have to. They're doing it because they want to. Now, let's get back to beautiful Venezuela. February 18th, 1983. For many Venezuelans, this date is known as Black Friday. That was the day that the Bolivar got unpegged from the US dollar. 25 years later, January 2008, the Bolivar collapsed. And it lost so much value that they decided to chop three values off the end and give it a new name. And just 10 years after that, this year, in August 2018, they did the same thing. Actually, they were planning on chopping off three zeros in June, but because they couldn't get their plan into action quick enough, they chopped five zeros off in August, dividing the currency by 100,000. Now, we could talk about the causes all day. Some people would tell you that a large influence was the US sanctions and sanctions from other nations, also about the collapse of the oil price. But one thing is undeniable, the government made a mess of the money 
they printed too much. Now, I wish I could tell you that this were a new story, that this didn't happen all the time. The truth is that history is just full of these stories. So the Argentine peso alone has been revalued four times since 1970. In times of crisis, Argentines change their pesos for US dollars to protect their savings. But the biggest fear is that a higher US dollar would translate into more inflation. Argentina is already coping with double-digit inflation rates, and there are many who cannot keep up with the changing prices. In the US, they had the continental dollar during the Revolutionary War, and by the end, it was such a spectacular failure that it gave birth to the phrase, not worth a continental. In the Weimar Republic in Germany, the hyperinflation was so marked that there was a syndrome called zero stroke or cipher stroke, which meant that the accountants and bookkeepers wrote long strings of zeros, not knowing when to end. And when you asked them their age, they would tell you they were 40 billion years old. The lesson is, when you give a small group of people control over the money supply, the more power you give them, the more likely and more rampant the corruption. Power corrupts, and power is seductive to the corruptible. Every single fiat currency in history has failed, sooner or later. The average lifespan of a fiat currency is 27 years. When Nixon cut the final tie to the gold standard, he made every currency in the world a fiat currency. That was 47 years ago. We've sold the bulk of our gold reserves. Look, it's all based on the value of our reserves of foreign currency. Okay. No one uses gold these days, Sean. My God, where have you been? <laughs> Although if no one uses gold and everyone's using everyone else's currency to value their money, then surely it's ultimately not worth anything. Tony Froth, many thanks. It's much more difficult to inflate stateless cryptocurrencies because the algorithm is in the software and the software is in the hands of the people. So if Fed Chairman Jerome Powell came in tomorrow swinging his balls around and telling people, we're gonna print one million Bitcoin today and one million Dash tomorrow, everybody in the network would have to agree in order to do that. Most likely they would just tell him, go away. <laughs> people ask me why I focused so much on Dash. And the reason is, it's the one which is really being adopted by Venezuelan consumers and businesses. So people ask me, oh, why not Nano? I've looked at Nano, it looks interesting. Zero transaction fees and instant transactions could be cool. Bitcoin Cash also has a charity outreach program for people in Venezuela, which is wonderful. However, Dash is the only one which is really being used as a medium of exchange in Venezuela, in Caracas and in Maracay. One key problem when you have a technology and you wanna bring it into a community because you think it would help solve their problems, if you're an outsider, you don't necessarily understand the culture or the problems that they have in there. And so when you come in, it's like some white messiah complex, this, this foreigner trying to tell us what to do. People don't like that. The great thing about Dash is the Dash Treasury, people within Venezuela can submit proposals, come up with something, a solution that they think is actually going to help the community 
with all of that knowledge and understanding of what the community really needs and then put it into action. So it's great that Dash has money, but more importantly, it has a system where it can take advantage of the knowledge, the wisdom, the creativity of people within a community and find real ways to solve their problems. I spoke to one Venezuelan who goes by the name of Leo Gris on the Dash Discord, and he did say that it's a desperate situation and that people are turning to Dash because of desperation. But he also had this to say, we Venezuelans are learning the advantages of a currency which is more stable than the Bolivar. And we're enjoying the advantages of the payment system for that reason. Of course, it's understood that a currency isn't enough to solve all our problems, but indeed, the adoption of Dash continues a rapid path. I doubt very much that Dash would disappear after Venezuela gets back on its feet. On the contrary, it would affirm its position and have an even greater value. So there you go. The dream of cryptocurrency, the dream of free money, as in liberty money, is coming to life in Venezuela. The lifeblood of the economy is getting taken out of the hands of sociopaths and warmongers and is being put into the hands of the people. Viva Venezuela. Now, I wanted to give a few shout outs. Last week, my buddy Luis Fernando Mises commented on one of my videos saying it was spectacular, no hyperbole. And I really appreciate that because it does show that the work and the thinking that I've been putting into these videos and how to produce them and how to make them more compelling is really working. <laughs> so that's great. Now, Luis, a few months back, somebody stole his Facebook page. So 50,000 likes pff, swiped out from underneath him. He started a new page with the same name. It's called Emancipated Human. Of course, you can also check out his website, emancipatedhuman.com. Check out his podcast where he talks about liberty and spirituality. A couple of weeks ago, Bob Stanley shared one of my videos, which is great. I saw his presentation from Libertopia 2018 called The Crypto Life of Mentality. And it's about how people who deal with cryptocurrency on a regular basis have a different mentality than regular people than, than employees, for example. So I recommend you check that out. I'll put the link in the description. And of course, I want to say thank you to the Dash community who have been so supportive, especially Mark Mason and Tao of Satoshi. So thanks so much to those people who keep sharing, re-steaming, liking, commenting. I appreciate it so much. As Mark would say, stay dashy. And as always, stay grateful.